0: Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop on.
1: Well, welcome. It's a big game. It's a big game coming up on Sunday, and I've got a big panel. Um, I'm absolutely, absolutely thrilled and delighted to welcome not one, not two, but three Cop on debutantes. Um, it's absolutely spiffing. I'm I'm um, over flowing and over brimming with joy to be. To, to welcome uh, to Mark and Liam and Jamie uh, and Mick uh, from the Copite podcast. I'm going to start with you, Mick. Um, if the listeners don't know already, then you should, of course, subscribe to the Copite and watch the YouTube channel stuff. Uh, Mick, tell our listeners all about the Copite, please. Uh, yeah, we started it in.
2: Well, we started about two years ago doing audio pods, and then we've just kind of progressed into um, doing live streams, and that seems to be the the um, the, the to do thing now. So we've kind of just hopped on the bandwagon. To be honest, and done that since about February and March when we were um, obviously going into lockdown. So we've just kind of continued it on. Do and we've had some good guests on former Liverpool players like Sam Westerveld and Marcus Babbel and Momo Sissoko and Bolos ending and. Loads of other mad players that I didn't ever think I'd get the opportunity to speak to. So to get that type of insight and that type of interview, it's been amazing. And we've just kind of, yeah, just, we're still, still pretty young. We're still, we're still not, I think we're getting close to 100, uh, to 1,000 subscribers now. So it's just a, it's a slow, it's a slow rise, but uh, no, I love, I love every minute I do it. for It doesn't matter about the subscribers or anything to me. It's just, I, I love talking about Liverpool now. I love talking about footy. So I'd do it for free all day, every day if I could. So yeah,
1: all good. Fabulous stuff! Yes, do subscribe, do check it out. Really interesting stuff. And uh, Mark is here as well. Mark, you've just started a podcast with a with a West Ham f- uh, supporting friend of yours, is that right?
0: Yeah, it's uh, hi everyone. Yeah, it's called um, called Football Gurus based uh, Football Weekly, uh, and it's, uh, it's we, he's he's a lifelong West Ham fan, and I'm a lifelong Liverpool fan, and we just invite any supporters of any clubs to come on and. Uh, Uh, discuss absolutely anything from like the week's action we do every sunday at eight o'clock on a it's called on an app called get vocal and it's basically like zoom for podcasters and yeah yeah it's it's just a lot of fun during lockdown really isn't it as you as you say just to just to talk football and uh, thank god football's still going but yeah just to connect with people and and vent mostly about var but i'm sure we'll get onto that But um, yeah, yeah, it's called uh, Football Gurus. it's called, and we got a uh, obviously got a uh, Twitter page or whatever. But yeah, thanks very much. Yeah,
1: yeah, great stuff. And what is it? What is the Twitter handle?
0: Uh, yeah, Football Gurus podcast. Cool. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, it's open to any supporters of any clubs uh, to come on and just discuss their club season or particular thing that's annoyed them that week or just anything really. It's just to keep people talking during lockdown. You know,
1: excellent stuff. Excellent. Speaking of Twitter, Liam, um, uh, our our third debutant, but uh, you know, last but no no means least for the debutants, um, you have a Twitter account. Tell us, tell the listeners about you. You live in Leeds, is that right?
3: Yeah, I'm a, a lifelong Liverpool fan as well. Uh, a student at Leeds Beckett University, and you can follow my Twitter account for the highs and lows of being a Liverpool fan. It's um, at Liam WLFC. Yeah, Tweet about anything Liverpool and football related. Just regular chat about
1: anything. Fantastic stuff, and I'm delighted to welcome back uh, Jamie, Jamie Watson. Um, I'm really thrilled. I'm going to start with you, Jamie. You're going to have the first question, and the first question is a very simple one: is that when we look at the league table, it looks, oh, it's pissing me off. They're top. Jamie how much is that annoying you
4: Yeah it's the it, it is annoying to um to see them at the top I think it's only going to be a short-term annoyance but you know anything that annoys you for for 10 seconds to do with united you know I don't like them winning a corner let alone winning winning any football matches or league titles so yeah it is <laughs> it is quite frustrating at the moment but there's there's a lot to be there's a lot of context around the season and and the way it's going, you know, we'll probably get into that a bit later on. But yeah, it is it is quite annoying at the moment.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, context, yeah, of course. I mean, there's there, there's so many things going on uh, with uh, you know COVID and 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 basically, I don't know, all kinds of things, all all happening at once. Um, of course, we've had terrible luck with injuries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but um, I'm, you know, you sound quite zen about it. Um, uh, I don't know, Mick, are you are you as zen as Jamie, or are you tearing your hair out? And are you, you know, is this bringing back, is this triggering your trauma of the Fergie years?
2: Um, no, I wouldn't say it's it, it that much, but uh, yeah, after watching last night, it was very frustrating because you just knew Burnley were going to absolutely just roll over, and I watched the game, and they were just absolutely fucking dreadful. And I was like, what is the point? Because I know for a fact next Thursday when we play them, they're going to turn into Nestor and Maldini at, at the back there and just absolutely keep us out with, without a doubt, and probably get a draw out of it. Because it, the thing is, like, I know the three points are clear, Man United now, but they're playing at their absolute maximum at the moment. Like, they've got they have got a good team. Like, let's not get it wrong; they have got some absolutely top players in there. Like, just looking at their away form, like early today, like they've won twenty two points out of a possible twenty four. Like that is like you can't you can't argue with that type of form like it is it is really good but they've just they've struck at the right time when we're not playing so well and we're missing key personnel so it's just a myriad of factors really that you've got to you've, you've got to take into consideration but once we start getting back onto top form like this couple of players who you're thinking like we, he's not quite on it he's not quite on it he's not like trent and salah for example like those as a pair down the right hand side are so influential in this team and when they're not quite on it, obviously it has a big impact, like missing Van Dyke and Gomez, obviously huge impact. Missing Matip's even bigger, I imagine he's gonna miss Sunday as well, which is not good for us. But it's been it's been one of those seasons, like we've missed Allison for periods, we've missed Mane for periods, Hendo for periods, Salah for periods, like and we've not we've dealt with it pretty well, but uh, and being three points off the top, to be honest, you could argue we should have been maybe less off because missing Van Dyke and Gomez in in all fairness should have had more of an impact on the team than it did. The fact that we reacted so well and we're still up there is huge testament to Jan Klopp and the players and the, and the, and Fabinho, for being an absolute beast for um for getting us out of the ship pretty much. But uh yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Like it's not obviously not great seeing Man United top of the league. Never is, never will be. Obviously I was born in eighty nine, so my formative years were seeing that absolute bastards win everything. So <laughs> it's not nice to see it, never is, it never will be, but I still feel like like I said, they're their maximum. Uh, it's going really well for them. Uh if if we can disrupt that on Sunday and then uh, start to get a bit of form in there. Uh, Thiago coming back into the fold is huge. Like, he is absolutely an absolute beast, and he can he can turn us into, get us back into form. He can play us back into form because he's that good. So, yeah, on the whole, not, not amazing the way, uh, amazing way to look at it in terms of United top the league. No one wants to see that. But in terms of, like, 21 games to go, like, that's, like Sky Sports commentator was saying, as I like, got one hand on the Premier League title, as like go and have a sleep, mate. You, you're talking out your ass. Like there's 21 games left. It's ridiculous that even you even have those kind of notions this early in the season. So, yeah, we're not even halfway. So we've got plenty of games, plenty of time, plenty of time to to bed players in who've not been in the team who have not had a pre-season like Thiago's I think this is going to be his what sixth game fifth game he hasn't even played at Anfield yet as a Liverpool player so there's loads of loads of factors you got to factor in and um in reality we can only get better in my opinion so yeah I I'm I'm just a zen I'd say on the whole
1: that's very zen that's very zen um Thiago Alcantara, by the way, uh, he's he's made four Premier League appearances in total, 243 minutes, as you say. He hasn't played uh, at Anfield yet, so, um, yeah, but there are so many ways of looking at this. Um, Liam, where do you stand on it? Because you can think, as Mick said, we're doing actually so well, despite all of our troubles, to be only three points off the top. Or do you look at, you know, Newcastle, Brighton, Fulham, Southampton, these these results that really were stinkers? Uh, and is that getting you down? And I don't know. How how are you feeling, Liam?
3: I think looking at, as you say, that string of results there, including the draws with West Brom, uh, Newcastle, Fulham, and then the defeat against Southampton, you kind of start to think that, if those results uh, those draws turned into wins, what would be would be three points clear, so it starts to make you think that you're in the situation you are because of your own downfall but then if you look on the other side, the fact that we've got no Gomez, we've got no Van Dijk Thiago's been out for long periods, Henderson's been out, Salah's had Covid, it's It's kind of a balancing act where you think, based on our high standards, we could be doing a lot better than we are. But based on the other factors of COVID and injuries, I'm quite happy with where we are at the moment. It's just annoying that the people we're behind are United. It's, for me, growing up as a teenager, seeing United win this that and the other it's just not nice for is it the first time since 2013 they've been top of the league and now you've got i've got united supporting friends who i go to university with within 15 minutes messaging me saying it's nice up here the view's nice it's it's not good at all but i hope we can rectify it with a
1: win yes that would make make the sun shine um, in, in in the darkest of winters. Absolutely, a win would. Um, and I don't know, mentioning Man United, I mean, Mick says they're a good team. Um, I think they're not bad. I think they've got lots of players who are seven out of ten and they have two who are either nine or ten. Bruno Fernandes, I think, is un- un- overrated in certain respects because... Yes, he's transformative, and yes, he is absolutely deadly sometimes, but most of the time he, he gives the ball away a hell of a lot more than people realise, I think. But, Mark, where do you, where, how are you thinking about all of this? Are they a genuine threat, or are they just jammy with, you know, dodgy penalties and red cards, you know, yellow cards that should be red cards, and vice versa, and all that?
0: Um, to be honest with you, um, ignore that is all true, but we only have ourselves to blame. As was previously said, the last four weeks or five weeks, we have been absolutely wasteful. If <laughs> I mean Newcastle, we had three or four chances that were just they were guilt, guilt-edged um, that would have usually been buried by Mo on a good day. But he just didn't seem to be at it that day. He didn't seem to be his his lethal best. And if we'd have won those games, we'd have we'd have had a nice little gap at the top. So Manchester United can have all the luck, and all and they do. They have all the luck. They have deflected shots. They have VAR. They have penalties whenever they feel the need to have penalties. I actually really like Bruno Fernandes as a player. He's a maverick. He tries stuff. He's prolific. He's pretty good from the penalty spot. He's got vision. He just tries things. He's like, a bit like Shakiri. I love Shakiri. I think Shakiri tries things and he's got vision and stuff like this. But in answer to your question, uh, yes, they are title rivals because they've got momentum. They don't appear to have too many injury problems. They've got a really, really good squad. They can just change in and out. Unlike us, when we, when Klopp looks at the bench against Newcastle and we're losing with half an hour to go with 1-0 down... And the only person he turns around and the only person he's got confidence in who can change the game is James Milner. That's a massive problem for us. The, uh, the chasing pack has well and truly caught us up at the moment because of the strength of their squads. Um, p- behind our back three, we, we don't have the options that the other top, so-called, top six club have. Uh, that's, that's the biggest problem we've got in this title run in such a condensed, intense season. Is is games like Newcastle when we desperately need a game changer, he looks at the bench and doesn't think he can trust Tacky. I quite like Tacky. He works hard. He looks keen but he does look lost. Still, he still doesn't seem to know his role. And Divock Origi, he he's a cult hero for his exploits, but he wouldn't even have got in the Aston Villa team in the other the other night. So that that's a massive problem. Not only are we short at centre back, but we're also short of game changers, attacking wise off the bench. So, it's going to be a very close title race. Yes, Manchester United are very lucky. They are probably the luckiest team in world football. But we can only moan about that if we decide, you know, if we start taking these chances we create in the last five weeks, which we haven't. So, as much as they're lucky, and I completely agree with all, what everyone said, I, I would also add that we have only got ourselves to blame for looking at the league table... And maybe, you know, Jürgen Klopp goes on about being angry. <clears throat> Sorry, the player's been angry. Maybe maybe looking at the league table all week and then being top of the league will spur them into action. Uh, that's, that's all I can hope. But um, it's been the style of play as well, the sideways, backwards, and that loopy cross to back post to nobody. That's really pissed me off for the last four weeks, five weeks. It's just... It, it's, it, the, the style of play has definitely changed in the last five weeks. I don't know what everyone else thinks about that, but it infuriates me. If the two two midfielders are covering the full-back and we're playing with a false nine, who who is actually in the box to attack these headers? Usually, it's only Sadio Mane. It's it's driving me mad.
1: I totally agree. the The way that we've been attacking is it, it's it's left a lot to be desired because it's fine to to have uh withdrawn false nine and have like you know one or two players in the box if you're gonna play it around quickly right and and you know play short passes and and move around lots of movement then you can do what city do and sort of get behind the back line and then cross something in uh and uh, then 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 put it away but um yes it's very interesting jamie jamie i want to bring jamie back in jamie um, you know, that's one, one way that it could go wrong if we, if we attack in this way. Um, are there more ways that, you know, things can go wrong for us? Or are there, you know, do more ways that it can go right for us spring to your mind? What do you think? The point with, the point with uh, when he talks about, you know, who are we crossing to and,
4: and things like that, the, the reason we're playing the way we are is because, or the way it looks like we're playing the way we are is we've got no sense of ass. So, we've got Fabinho and sometimes another midfielder or a young lad back there. So, that's a massive target on their back, whoever's playing back there. Fabinho shook that off now. People don't target him. They know he's good enough now. Um, as a result, our crosses from Trent and Robertson, I, I'm, I'm not, I've not looked at the data, but I bet their crosses are a good 10, 15 yards further back than what they're usually from. So, there's, there's one factor because they're worried of crossing the halfway line as much as they used to because they've got no cover. Um you can talk about midfielders being there but the the two midfielders that are normally there, Fabinho and Henderson, aren't there doing that cover. So that's what's affecting our attacking. And then you talk about, you know, is there a different way to attack? Well, if we start using I'm happy with Thiago being in the team. Great. And I like the way he tries to feed the ball straight into the front three, the way he does with straight passing. But then, you know, I'm hearing a lot of calls that we should go with Thiago and Shakiri against United. Now, if we do that, and we start playing those straight balls, we give them away, we're awfully exposed in the middle of the park. So I think although it frustrates people the way we're we're attacking and the way we're crossing the ball, it's, it's the lowest risk that if it breaks down, then we get countered on and we've got a big gaping hole at the back. It's it's the way that stops us getting exposed. That's the way I, I watch the games. It I watch it and get frustrated as well. It, it really is quite. It's a tough watch. But I feel like if we were to start playing, the way United do, because they they like to do that. They've got limited backs who can't really cross well, but they've got a couple of centre midfielders you can fire it in. Now they get countered on a lot, but they get away with it a lot as well. Because they have got two senior centre backs back there, and a, a holding, a, you know, a proper holding midfielder back there. So, though it's frustrating to watch, I understand why it's going the way it's going. Um, and it's just because we haven't got enough cover. And you talk about game changers from the bench. The other reason you haven't got game changers from the bench is because of the injuries. We've got that in the squad. You know, we've got Diogo Jota, we've got Nabi Keita. Got, We've got Thiago back now But we didn't have him for a long period So hopefully as people come back We do start having those options from the bench That's the way I see it But of course it is frustrating to watch
1: it's very interesting. It's a very interesting answer. Yeah, um, I've just got some stats from the Premier League official site that Liverpool are top of the league in terms of uh, crosses made. It's quite interesting. 399 crosses so far this season, compared to only 249 for Manchester United. Uh, if you go back to last season... Um, City were top of the league with 914 crosses and Liverpool had, were second with 896. And the season before that, uh, Liverpool were in fifth place. So we've been fifth, second and first in terms of crosses into the box. So maybe not that much has changed,
0: but I wanted to... Oh, host, do you remember the West Brom game, right? And Robbo put in three or four... Beautiful in that channel between the defender and the goalkeeper crosses. And Bobby Firmino was not even in the box. He wasn't even in the box for when he's... And I know he's do, he's got a different role and he's linking up. But surely you want... And I get he's a false nine and I appreciate him for the player he is. But that's the kind of thing that frustrates me. When we do put these nice fast movements together, quite often it's yes. Bobby that starts these fast movements. So he's not actually in the box to finish off the and he put in three or four lovely crosses against West Brom and there was, there was just no one there.
1: Well yes indeed, yes indeed. Um yeah, so so it's that's one thing we could work on, but I want to think about positive things and and negative things and positive and all of it because it's it's a real chaotic mix at Liverpool at the moment and and, and it really depends which on which side of the pizza you're looking at. Um, Mick, the sort of, you know, the 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 fine appellazione d'origine Protege or whatever they say in Italian, mozzarella, the best buffalo, mozzarella di bufala on top of the pizza is Tiago Alcantara, Mick. And is it just as simple as the fact that he's coming into our team, we're going to start purring, like um, Knight Rider's car?
2: Um, I think he can. Uh, like the boys have just said, like we've become too predictable at a little bit at the moment because we just go through the motions. We play it out to Trent, we go back, we go over to Robo. There's no space because everyone's putting 10 men behind the ball, leaving one up, and then either kicking it out upfield up to one attacker or kicking it upfield up to nobody. So we need to find a different way to do it and Thiago creates that because i mean it was only the it was only the game against aston villa and we can't take too much um too much from that because of the the level of opposition but it's the passes that he makes that can make a huge difference like split, splitting lines picking up the ball and i think it's it's his all-round play that he doesn't get enough credit for i think like he's an absolute salmon in the air he can win his fair share of early, aerial duels he's, he's Tenacious in the tackle as well. He's not shy of a 50 So I think that all-round play that he can bring to us gives us a different option. Like I said, we it's his debut at Anfield this weekend, uh, which is mad. But obviously, that challenge by him on him by uh, Rishalison was absolutely horrendous. But we haven't. He's just getting into his stride. I mean, he's had a couple of games, like a couple of halves, maybe where he hasn't been quite on it and the passing that you'd expect, that crisp passing wasn't there. But he's in the second half. He's turned it round. And he's he's proved what a good player he is, and he's he's a valuable asset to have at the moment, especially missing so many key personnel in the team. Like I think people have a go saying we've only got one way to play, and we kinda have when we've got a full plethora to to, to select from, like Van Dyke and Gomez, Van Dyke and Matip. We push up because we've got the pace back there. We've got Trent and Robbo bombing on as far as they can because they know Van Dyke and Matip or Gomez are going to be there to mop her up and Henderson. And then he can just play from there. But we've we've kind of playing the same way with Fabinho, who's not very quick, but he's great positionally. And then any of, what, three or four selected partners for him at the back. So it's just trying to get into a rhythm because the last couple of games have proved that we need to do something different because teams are coming to face us and go, right, if we put them in behind the ball, they've, they're going to run out of ideas because... Sam Allardyce has done it, Steve Bruce has done it, why can't we do it? So every, every team's going to do it up until the point we start banging goals in again and I think Thiago can be t- the, the key for that because he's got, like I said, the creativity, leadership skills, He's he's got everything that that we need at the moment to step into that midfield and go, right, don't be playing it out to the fullbacks, play it into me and I'll sort us out. But it's just it's a collective effort, everyone needs to start Getting back into form, like it's like I said, it's Man United. They're riding this wave of being really good at the moment, and like like the boys have said, like they have been lucky, like very lucky. Like even last night they were. For me, like some of the decisions that 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 went for them, and, and the rest of the season, like some of the penalties they've had have just been like, how is it even a penalty? Like there was a handball last night. Like I think Maguire put his arms up, and you are like, how the fuck's that not a pen? And it's like. Just little things like that, where they've at some point, like the luck's going to run out, and there's 21 games left for that to happen. And we're only going to get better with this team and this manager. There's only the only way is up as this, as that song goes, and especially with Thiago in there. There's like he can be the key for the key to that, and I hope he is.
1: Lovely answer. I like the way you brought uh, the 1980s pop group Yes into that answer as well. Absolutely superb, Liam. Are you? Uh... Are you, um, are you feeling like the only way is up? Are you, uh, you know, what, how would you approach this? What, I mean, of course it's up to Jürgen and the uh, experts, but I'm just interested in your opinion as well and everybody's opinion. What's the best tactical approach for this game? You know, what do we need to change? I think personally making Thiago sit
3: as a six would be the best way to capitalise and to potentially get back to the way we play with the long passes out to the full-backs. Because as we've seen, some of the balls he's been playing, like that disguised past for Mane before the goal got disallowed against Everton was exquisite. Some of the balls he was playing against Villa on Friday night were amazing as well. I mean, I was just looking at the stats then, like what we've lost, in my opinion, from our build-up play with the loss of Gomez and Van Dijk is the amount of long balls we play a game. So with Fabinho and... Phillips at centre-back, they're playing about 3.6 long passes a game, whereas if you've got Van Dyke and Gomez in the games they've played this season, they're playing 5.6 accurate long balls a game, so you're losing pretty much four direct long balls that are get, either getting Salah or, Mo in, Salah or Mane in behind, or you're finding Trent and Robbo in high areas. So I think if you can use Thiago to that effect and try to get him to pick those balls out from a deep position and maybe play Henderson and whether he goes with Wijnaldum or ahead of him, I think that's the best way to potentially get back to the way we were playing before. That's a
1: brilliant answer, absolutely. Yeah, the long pass. I agree. We have been missing that. We have been missing the, you know, the missed pass to be be a little bit less predictable because it's the predictability that's annoyed me with our last few performances. I believe it's seven shots on target in our last three Premier League matches. Absolutely crazy. And then, of course, before that... We had eight shots on target in one game and we scored seven of them. It is loony bin times. Um speaking of loony bin bin, the decision to appoint Paul Tierney, one of the worst of a uh, an awful bunch a rotten bunch that if they were a bunch of grapes you would have chucked them in uh, not in the bin in the house but in the outside bin so that they couldn't stink out your whole place uh Paul Tierney first of all he's from Wigan he he's actually from the greater manchester area i'm not suggesting he's biased i'm just saying that if you've got liverpool versus manchester united uh, i would fully expect that not to be a referee from Merseyside, it's absolutely shambolic again. These appointments—it's like David Coote. He's also spent—he also spent a long time being uh, the head of refereeing. It, it, Referee development in Manchester. It's crazy stuff. So just a few things about the referee. If it sounds like I'm whinging about it, then I absolutely am because I'm sure it's an advantage to Manchester United. Uh, Babu Yagu, friend of the show, Stephen Drennan on, on Twitter said he has awarded Manchester United five penalties in his last 10 matches and only one against Manchester United. Whereas in 14 matches that he's refereed that Liverpool have played... He has awarded us zero penalties. So zero penalties in 14 for us, five penalties in 10 for them. It's absolutely nuts. Basically what he does, because I've been watching him, I've I've watched a lot of Manchester United this season and they uh, run towards a defender. They make sure they brush past the defender so that there's some kind of contact. They fall over, they scream. Like Cavani did it, uh, you know, holding his face because of like, you know, it's so. There was a bit of contact, but it, it was, it, it was. There was nothing in it. But they've been obviously instructed to go down. Um, he's not even a Champions League ref, as they pointed out in this is Anfield. Paul Tierney is not even a Champions League ref, and he was as professional as to say when Jurgen Klopp was. Um, raging at him after a stupid decision against Aston Villa when we beat them 2-0 back in July. He said, and I quote, Paul Tierney said this, um, I missed it, Jürgen. I'm like players. I'm going to make mistakes. I missed it. Get over it. That's what he said to Jürgen Klopp. So my question is, and I'm going to go to you, Mark, on this one. Um... Liverpool have been so honest and it's one thing that I've loved about our success over the past couple of years. Our players generally, despite the reputation of players like Salah, you know, of going down easily, we don't go down easily at all. But should we adapt? our game to this referee i.e. at the slightest touch we should squeal like a believer and drop to the floor like we're under nuclear attack
0: Um, I think it's called, these days it's been called streetwise uh, street smart, uh, is it cheating I don't know, Jamie Vardy does it better than anyone he, uh, he seems to have a knack of running full pelt next to the defender and all he does he sticks his leg in between theirs twists his bum to make it look like he's been uh, shoved and he goes over. I mean, I think Leicester have got the most penalties out of anyone, haven't they, this season? Uh, Harry Kane is another one. Uh, he, he, he likes to tangle his legs up as he's running. Um, yeah, they uh, they are very streetwise. They do get a lot of decisions. I mean, was it Martial the other night? He didn't get booked for diving. He ran straight through a big gap and threw himself to the floor. Um <clears throat> Pogba, the other, when Pogba was brought down for that penalty, I didn't particularly think that was a penalty. I thought he kicked his own heel. Um, he actually told Luke Shaw to dive after that. He actually even made a diving uh, sign to Luke Shaw for not diving in the box. Um, it's just about being street-wise, being street-savvy. I mean, Salah has gone down the, once or twice in a game that he hasn't got anything. I think he's, in the end, he's just... He, he he only goes down theatrically if he's been booted all over the park and he's not getting any decisions. He's not going to cheat straight off the bat, um, if, if if at all. But there's, if you look at the stats, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that they do get preferential um, <clears throat> treatment. Um, and it drives me absolutely nuts. Four, I think was it 14 penalties they had as when Solskjaer took over as Manchester United manager. They they literally very nearly had a penalty every single game, and it's carried on this season um, to to a certain extent. Um, it, it's it's extremely frustrating when we're battling injuries, we're, we're we're trying to do things the right way, so to speak, um, and they just get absolutely everything they want. At whenever they want it, it's bordering on bizarre. Uh, I've said on, on on my on my show a, a few times, and I get you know laughter. It's, it's bordering on corruption, to be honest with you. Some of the decisions they get. But like, it was against a Chelsea game that uh, Maguire had their captain in a headlock as the ball came in, clear as day. It was an absolute headlock, and nothing was given. It's just, it's. But you know, that's up to us again. We've got to be streetwise. We got. I know it's not. It's not. Maybe not what what. what uh, we want our club to... but You know, it's a dog-eat-dog. Dog. This, is, this is the Premier League we're going for. This is the Champions League we're going for. Maybe we need to be a bit more... They are very clever at it. They are very, very clever at it. They, they kick the back of the heel with the defender or they click their own heels while being a little push on the back so it makes it look like that's what's taking them down. They're very, very clever about it. I hate it. I don't like it. Um, because they just get absolutely everything. But maybe... Again, we need to look at ourselves and maybe we need to be more
1: streetwise. It's a great answer. Uh, where where do you stand on it, Jamie? What's your opinion? Should we uh, follow suit or do you like the moral high ground that we can justify, justifiably take now?
4: Um, yeah, I, I'm not into advocating, you know, going down easily if, it, if it's going to get you more decisions. You know, I don't even think even going down easy won't change it because we're not going down easy. We're getting clattered and we're still... Like Cardale All the other week had, had two hands on Teddy Mane's leg and it didn't get given. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I think all referees are terrible. So I I try not to get involved with... with refer, Not try not to get involved with referee chat, but, yeah, it's like, you know, they're all crap. So you've just got to accept it. it it's going to happen to everyone. You know, um, I watch a lot of football and there's not been a referee in performance that I've gone, well, that, the referee was good in that game, I literally can't think of a game where that's been the case, so you know, they're all crap, so you know, I think it's just something you've got to deal with
1: That's very generous that's very generous of you um, because, I, you know I just think the Premier League should actually do something about it, I mean, they, they have PGMOL, it's a limited company, uh, set up by Mike Riley um, and Uh, You would think that there's some kind of call to tender, they would accept different bids from different organisations and it wouldn't be this monopoly of numpties that we are subjected to in England. I mean, football fans everywhere have their gripes, Um, you know, I mean, but it's, you know, I think it's generous of you. I think we can expect a bit more. I don't know. Go on, Jamie. What what I think the
4: biggest problem with this, with refereeing in general, and I think it's a problem worldwide. Uh, but again, it, I I don't see the point, the logic in all when we've got you know players from players from Africa, Asia, North America, South America playing in the Premier League. Why do all the referees have to be English? You know, you look at Champions League games and. I think Champions League games are quite well refereed, in the main. You know, I can't think of any major controversies in Champions League games. You know, that that I can recall. I can't recall Premier League ones. Why aren't we? Why Why isn't it allowed? I think it is allowed actually, because I think Mark Clattenburg went. Mark Klatenberg, sorry, went to Qatar to need to do some refereeing because they paid him. You know, more money than the 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 FA would. So why aren't we? able to approach referees from different countries and say, come on, come on referee in our league you're, you're, a, you're a good referee, you are you know, why, why, does, why are we entrenched in this view that our referees have to be English let's, let's diversify the referees and we might get some better results out of it
1: You're absolutely right you are absolutely right, I've been thinking about the, exactly the same thing it's, it's, it's ridiculous uh, you know, because people have biases whether they think they do or not And, um, you know, if you've grown up closer, you know, surrounded by English football culture, uh, you know, you're from Manchester, you should not be... um uh, you should not be refereeing a game involving a manchester club it's just very 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 simple uh, maybe not for you you may think you're not biased but all of your family will be talking to you etc etc all of your friends and uh, you know but if you uh, come to france for example where i live and you uh, were refereeing angers against nice automatically you're much more open minded much more objective Uh, But let's move on from the referees, Liam. um, uh, Joel Matip, there was an article today on the Echo website uh, and I quote, uh, Matip missed group training on Wednesday, which is today as we're recording this. Uh, Matip missed group training on Wednesday as Klopp and his staff put the players players through their paces at the club's training centre. The Echo understands Matip has not suffered a setback in his rehabilitation and was instead working alone on a specially tailored fitness programme. So basically, he's not in group training, Liam. And my questions to you are basically what difference would it make if he were fit? And what would you do if he isn't fit?
3: I think going back to what I spoke about earlier on the um, the passing stats and in terms of build-up play, Matip offers quite a lot in terms of going into midfield and picking a ball out to link with the forwards. He's the defender who pushes forwards, almost like a ball-playing defender, if you like. So I think he offers a lot in that sense in terms of build-up play. So I'd get, I'd fancy our chances a lot more if he is playing I can't see him playing, to be honest. As you said, the Echo reported about him being in his own fitness regime. He's not going to be training with the first team players, so then is he going to know to pick up the set pieces? So uh, that all points towards the fact to me that he's not going to play. So if he's not playing, I mean, it's Reece Williams or Matt Phillips, isn't it? I didn't, I didn't like Henderson at centre back. I thought you lot were you lost a lot in midfield. Um uh, Reese Williams looked a little bit shaky against Aston Villa on Friday night. He didn't read the ball when was it Louis Barry, the young villa forward who went through and scored. So I think if I had to go for anyone based on that I'd go for Nat Phillips. But again I'm still on the side that we need something in centre back to sort out this problem that we're having with pushing the ball forwards and getting the most out of our full backs and attacking line.
1: Again, lovely answer. Um yeah, it's it's gonna make a huge difference, isn't it, Mark? The the fitness of of Joel Matip. I mean, because you know, I mean, you could say, as you said before, yes, in many ways we've shot ourselves in the foot. We, we've hardly got any toes left. We've shot ourselves in the foot so many times, but no other team is down to their fifth and sixth choice at centre back. Imagine Man United. They don't have Maguire, Lindelof, and Bay. You know, imagine Chelsea. They don't have Zuma, uh, Tiago Silva. And uh, I don't know Rudiger or Christensen. and you know it's it's absolutely nuts. Matt is, it, I don't know how much, how much does it matter to you if you pardon the pun, Matt, that Mattip, uh, whether he plays or not, Mark.
0: Did you say Mark? Did you say me? I, yeah. Sorry, I, yeah. I, I, I didn't quite catch that. Um, to be honest with you, uh, again, it, we kind of we didn't replace Lovren, did we? So. We've left ourselves short. Yeah, I know uh, you, you can not well, can plan for injuries, especially when the season is so condensed and it's so a um, bit different. Obviously, it's very, very different this year. Um, I do like Joel Matty. I think he's fine, but he's very, very rarely does he do... I think there's a stat somewhere where he hasn't done two or three games in a row since he's joined Liverpool, is he? I'm happy to be corrected on that but I'm pretty sure if you look back, he hasn't actually put a run of games together since he's been at the club. Yeah, he, played, he played the full oh, second pardon. half of 1819, didn't he? Oh, sorry. I beg your pardon. My bad. Um, 1819. So what? Two, two, two years ago, three years. No. Oh my God. I'm losing track of the time. <laughs> um, But I, I like John Matty. As someone just said, that. I, I, I love his, his kamikaze runs out of defense straight down. I love that. I'm all for that. Um, but can we rely on him to stay fit? I don't know. Should we have replaced Lovren? Absolutely. Um, Nat Phillips, you know, he's young, he's hungry, he wants the shirt. But teams do run off him, him or him or, or the other, uh, him or um, or Williams. They do kind of target them. And as they, as someone said earlier, correct, you know, absolutely spot on. Uh, Fabino, people are avoiding Fabiano. You know, he's he's played most of the best strikes in the Premier League now, and he's kept them in his pocket. I mean, you can't really pay him any higher praise than that. So, obviously, teams are going to run off his partner, and that is Nat um, Williams, like the, even the Villa lad did the other day, running behind him. Uh, Nat Phillips gets run off quite easy, but they, they're youngsters. They're learning. I would probably rather go with Nat Phillips because of his experience in Germany uh, for a game like United if Matip isn't fit. But, uh, again, it comes back to kind of us not replacing uh, Lovren, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> But
4: the problem the problem you talk about replacing Lovren, it, who was out there that we could have gone and got to replace Lovren Because he wasn't going to buy another first choice centre back. No, true, true, true. He wasn't, you know, because he did whether he, he believes in Joel Matip and he believes in Joel Gomez, so they were always two and three. Who, for what we sold Lovren for, 12, 11 pounds, there was no centre halfs under twenty million we could have gone and got at that time. You know, people talk
0: about, oh, we should have gone and got Kulabali. Nah, Absolute nah. nonsense. No, 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 he wouldn't have, put... no, I'm quite, no, you're absolutely right, mate. No, I wouldn't, I yeah. wouldn't, no, I wouldn't... I don't think he's quite quick enough to play in the Premier League, to be honest. Could have, could have followed what's his name? Kulabali, have...
4: I not yeah. <laughs> he, he, isn't, he, isn't, he isn't one of the quickest, you are right there, but there was, there was no option out there. Um, You know, when the manager said Fabinho was the option back there, I was happy with that. Because yeah. we were signing Thiago and yeah we couldn't have predicted virgil van dyke getting his leg snapped in two by jordan pickford we couldn't have predicted joe gomez going away a week later and doing his a, a completely it, people call joe gomez injury prone but his injuries are so random like you know yeah, yeah, he's done yeah. he's done a cruciate but he had a random broken leg caused by ashley barnes at burnley and now he's done his patella he's done his kneecap there's such random injuries you get that I don't feel you can level injury-prone at him, in a sense. It's just, it's just awful luck. And then, you know, Joe Matip, yeah, he does have his fitness issues, but you, sometimes you can guarantee a good 10, 15-game spell out of him. We just haven't had that yet. Hopefully, yeah. we do get that at some
0: point this season. What well, so think... the, the lad at Munich? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I've got a bit of a lag in my that I think. Uh, that, that, uh, Albert, Alaba, experience can play left-back, centre-back, coming yeah. in contract oh yeah in the summer we might go for him but you you wouldn't
4: like like, try and get him on loan or anything now we couldn't i don't think bayern munich had let him go um they're still in the champions league they're still in a title race in 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 germany so i think there's so
0: little option out there we've just got to stick with what we've got so frustrating isn't it it is so frustrating it's because it's just Oh,
1: it is indeed. It is indeed. Um, Joel Matip, uh, for the record, I've got it in front of me, his record, uh, he joined at the start of the 16-17 season. This is just in the Premier League. Um, he made 27 appearances in his first season, then 22, then 17, and then last year, uh, eight. These are his starts in the Premier League. And this season, he's started seven uh, matches. Um, Yeah, I mean, Godspeed, Joel Matip, is all I can say. Hopefully he can come back. But then at the same time, at the same time, if he's not back, even if I want to talk about, you know, the bad things before the good things here. Imagine we lose on Sunday. Matip's not back. We lose. There are still 60 points to play for in the Premier League. We would be six points off the top. Um, Liam, would it be the end of the world if we lost?
3: I don't think as you say there's sixty points to play for. I don't think you can really say it's the end of the world, but again, it's it's one of those games, isn't it? Whether whether you're in a title race or you're challenging for top four or you're not even in that sort of picture, it's one of those games that you want to win regardless. So I think for a personal point of view I never want to lose a game against Manchester United and it's a game we should be wanting to go into winning but I think if you look at the bigger picture considering the fact that there's 20 games to play after the game and as you say United are probably playing at the best of their capabilities at the moment and Bruno Fernandes's form in my personal opinion is unsustainable I don't think it's possible for him to keep going at this rate as we saw with Salah when he came into the Premier League his form still top level but it tailed off from that was it 42 goal season he had with us so I think potentially being six points behind with 20 games to go isn't the best situation to be in but when players start to come back I mean there's a possibility that Gomez could be back before the end of the season and Van Dijk's recovery looks promising so and you never know they haven't ruled out going into the market for a centre back it's just finding the right player if the right person comes available I wouldn't say it's going to be the end of the world but again on the other side I wouldn't want to lose to Manchester United in any circumstances This is why the last
0: four weeks have been so infuriating for me and it's because we should be six or, or nine points clear at the top of the table where we've drawn or lost or whatever games that we should never ever have drawn or lost. We've had to chance it's not even talk about defending. It's going forward that, as you said, host earlier on about um, chances, creating shots on target. You know, we, we our front three is perfectly capable of blowing teams away, but it's either their supply line or they're just not, for some reason, they may be a bit tired because of the lack of options behind them to give them a rest or whatever. But it's a combination of things at the moment, I think. To be
1: honest, yeah, great stuff, great stuff indeed. Um, I w- yeah, I would agree with it with you both there. Um, uh, Man United's form. Um, MPB Firmino on Twitter. Hello there. Uh, Man United versus the Big Six this season, uh, they drew with Chelsea 0-0. They drew with Man City nil nil. They lost to Arsenal. if you could still count Arsenal as the big six. Um, They lost to Tottenham 6-1, and they lost to Man City 2-0. And MPB Firmino adds, you know what's going to happen on Sunday. They're going to beat us with a last-minute Bruno Fernandes penalty. Um, I'm sure he's uh, being a little bit ironic there, but there is the possibility that it does happen, and we do lose, and Jamie, will that will that even though it de- de- it will be devastating as, as as Liam rightly says we never want to lose to them but beyond the devastation in the bigger picture would it be um you know a tragedy
4: um, I mean our home record would be gone that's not that's not ideal um so we don't want to lose that that's why I don't think we'll lose I think you know we we will step up but no it won't be a tragedy in the wider picture because you know, you look at the, the season as a whole now. So, United are, are on 36 points. If they keep up this points tally, I, th- I think I worked out they'd, they'd get 80 points at the end of the season. They're just going at standard top four pace. Either us, I think us and City have got acceleration in them. So, eventually, us two will accelerate. And like someone said before, United are playing at their absolute maximum. And they're only just on course to finish fourth in a normal season. I, I had a look earlier, only only twice in the last 15 years has 36 points from 17 games been enough to be on top. And that was the season Leicester won it. And um, Fergie's last season, um, I think it was 11-12, wasn't it? Um, so, you know, they're just doing standard top four pace and they're, they're at absolute maximum. So you you, you hope to... To all kinds that that we can accelerate and actually start going at a proper title winning pace again because no one really is at a title winning pace as it stands really no one's on course to get more than 85 points so no it won't be a tragedy because i think there's a lot more to come there's a lot more form to find um from the better teams like us and city um so yeah i I don't think it'll be a disaster now
1: that's a brilliant answer. It's very, very reassuring indeed. Um, just one more question for you all then, because I what I really think, I'll tell you what I think. I think uh, Jamie is absolutely, he's seen the nail and he's whacked it on its head right there, because I think Liverpool with Tiago, if, it all depends, I mean, there, there are ifs always in football in the future, and, uh, but if... Tiago can stay fit. He will have a transformative effect on the team. I can see us putting, for example, uh, you know, winning 13 of the last 17. Uh, or, or There's more than that. There are 21 matches left. Uh, I don't know. How many can we win? We could easily put on a... Easily. We could... Spit it out, Owen. Um, we could put together a run of... 17 consecutive wins. Now, I know it's a stretch, but it's not beyond the imagination uh, because of Tiago and the transformative effect he will have. And last time, um, regular listeners to Cop On will know that we were extremely bullish. There were three guests, uh, well, sorry, two guests and me on the last show. I gave us a 92% chance of winning Doug gave us a 95% chance of winning and Brian gave us a 100% chance of winning. We were absolutely, we could not be more bullish. It, uh, if we were more bullish, uh, Picasso would come back to life and start painting us. Um, what percentage, Liam, would you give Liverpool? Liverpool's chances of, of winning?
3: Is that winning the title or against Manchester United? Oh,
1: I meant Manchester United,
3: but I'm going to say both. So, again, it's going towards the first side of Manchester United. If you look at his recent form and Manchester United's recent form, and those stats that you pulled off there, they've drawn 0-0 with Manchester City, they've drawn 0-0 with Chelsea. My prediction going into the game would be a nil 0 draw, just going on, I think it's got that game written around it, neither team wants to lose we'll give it all, us all but again if we play like we have done in recent games and they don't react, that's what I can see happening so my prediction of us winning, I'm going to I'll go 50% because I don't think we'll lose the game because as Jay, Jamie said we've we've got that record so I don't think we're going to lose that if it's 65-60 games now unbeaten at home So I'm going to go 50% draw, 50% winning. In terms of the title, it's just one of those seasons where, as you say, only twice in the last 17 seasons at this stage would a team with this points total be on course to win the title. It's, It's one of those seasons where anyone out of three or four teams you could arguably make potential title challenges so I'd say I've got confidence in us winning the title based on the players we've got to come back before we've got to come back so I'll say I'll say 75% for the title 50% for a win against Manchester United.
1: And you're ruling out the idea that they can win I love that fantastic Uh, Mark what about you how are you feeling what percentages would you uh, choose?
0: Uh, I'm going to be slightly positive about this because I think Klopp will have been drilling into the players how angry they should be. You, you know, we've all heard him talk about playing angry football and how they need to stay angry and determined. So hopefully he's had a whole week now. He's had eight days to drill that into them, that they need to be angry. They need to be intense. They need to be relentless. Uh, so I, I would like to think oh, 60-40 for the win on Sunday and for the title. It's just going to be such a crazy season. This isn't any uh, n- n- negative light on Jürgen on the place, but it, I would say it's 50-50 for the title purely because it's a COVID season and it's, we've, you know, we're going to have to juggle the Champions League and the Premier League and the FA Cup. Um, but we are absolutely capable of going on that 17-game w- uh, winning uh, run, you've just said, because we've done it before. We've absolutely done it before. We just need to, uh, just need to click. The team needs to click. I think Tiago, as previously said by someone else, I think Tiago will help with that. So for the title, I would say fifty-fifty, and for the Sunday, I would say sixty-forty. Please,
1: <laughs> hey, marvelous stuff. Okay, thank you very much, Mark. Uh, Jamie, uh, what, what what would you say?
4: Um, I'd say, I'd say there's a there's more than a seventy-five percent chance we win the game on Sunday um i think we just we just know how to turn it on for these games you know our record in them over the last couple of years has been especially at home has been exceptional so i don't see that changing um for the title um i'm saying it's 60 40 in our favor um i think 60 percent of that is us 30 is probably man city and the other 10 is united Though I think I'm being generous, to United giving them a ten percent chance of because I just don't see I just don't see more to come from them in terms of getting a points total that's worth winning it. Um unless of course we have a season where eighty points wins it, but I, I highly doubt that. Um so yeah, I'm still saying we're favourites in my mind.
1: Great stuff. I tell you what, guys, I'm loving the optimism and um I share it. I do share it. Um I, I am in a similar camp to Mark, and that anything can happen, I'd, I'd give us a 50% chance of winning the title, but that's a higher percentage than anyone else. And uh, we'll see what happens on Sunday. We can forget about titles, can't we? And we can just focus on this crucial match. Uh, thank you very, very much. It's been a real pleasure to, to, to welcome you three. And Mick, by the way, I was not ignoring Mick, for the last sort of half an hour, he, he he's, uh, his internet has gone. So he's uh, he's got lots of internet troubles and he says, sorry, but he can't finish. So he's, uh, he's ducked out. Um, but uh, thank you very much, gentlemen. That's all there is to say. Just thank you so, so much. It's been a real treat talking to you. And I hope that, uh, you know, um, we can enjoy the next few days and we can especially enjoy Sunday. Thank you. All right.